Hey everyone, I'm Kelly Mobeck, a coach and a leadership trainer, and I'm super passionate about helping you find out who you are authentically as a leader, own it, and go out and make an impact in your life and the lives of others. This world needs your leadership, your gifts, your unique brilliance, and I believe that real leaders don't wait, they create. I know firsthand that life is going to throw us curveballs, that we're going to doubt our greatness, our ideas, and our contributions. And my goal is that you believe in yourself beyond reason, and I get to be a coach and a champion for you each week so that you feel inspired, motivated, and most important, in action toward your unique impact in this world. So let's jump in. Hey there, everyone. This is Coach Kelly, and I want to welcome you to episode 166 of Let's Be Honest Before We Start Pretending. I know you all know. I am super excited because I have a dream guest on today, and she is someone who is doing such amazing work helping women not only have the knowledge on all things perimeno, menopause, and postmenopause, and beyond, Um, But she's really taking the lead and being very intentional about this conversation getting out to as many women as possible so that, you know, it's a it's a body, mind and soul thing, this whole menopause journey. And she, in my opinion, is a pioneer in making this be game changing for women. I know growing up, I lost my mom when I was 18 she was 45 and she, I don't, she had cancer. So I don't even know that she was experiencing menopause. And if she was, she might not have even known if she was experiencing it. So we didn't really have those conversations at all. And then somewhere in my forties, the journey began. (laughs) No idea. I mean, I literally thought I was insane. I'm sure my husband and my boys will say, yes, yes, she was, right? And like, just, that's a whole other Oprah. Speaking of, I do have a question when she comes on about what the click is that Oprah Winfrey talks about. I don't know if Mary Claire will have that answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll share with her what I heard that made her life change so much through menopause. I'm super excited because I get to bring on not only someone who is a trusted expert in my book and so many women that I talk to, but I get to also call her friend. I am going to introduce right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share her amazing bio with all of you, Dr. Mary Claire Haver. And as one third of women are currently in some phase of menopause, it is an essential aspect of women's lives, yet so stigmatized and shrouded with shame and steeped in anxiety over aging that many women still don't feel comfortable talking about their menopause journey with friends, family, and most crucially, their doctors. Kept in the dark, menopause becomes more difficult to understand and control, leaving many women to suffer in silence. Dr. Mary Claire Haver is here to change all of that. And I just say, thank you. Thank you for that. Recently, the board-certified OBGYN has set TikTok alight with an unlikely subject, menopause, amassing, you all listen to this, amassing nearly 2 million followers by posting advice from women going through it. Do you see why we have her on today? Yes. (laughs) That's a lot of people. That's a lot of women. Dr. Haver understands that women's healthcare is in dire need of change, So often when women talk to their healthcare providers about issues such as weight gain, sleep changes, hot flashes, and mental health issues, they are dismissed with platitudes like, it's just your hormones, or it's just your age, and given the advice to eat less and exercise more. The problem has led Dr. Haber to develop the Galveston Diet, a three-pronged lifestyle plan that encourages fuel refocusing, intermittent fasting, and anti-inflammatory nutrition to manage hormonal symptoms, stabilize weight, and revitalize the body as it ages to provide benefits that will last a lifetime. Dr. Haber has always had a passion for learning and strong work ethic. 
She is a graduate of Louisiana State University Medical Center and completed her residency in obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Texas Medical Branch. In addition to her clinical work, she became an instructor of ob- obst. Hello, obstetrics. we're going to get. Thank you. Thank you. Obstetrics <laughs> and gynecology at the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston and has served as a hospitalist, the associate residency director and assistant professor, professor of the University of Texas. Woo! Medical branch department of obstet obstet. Yes. OBGYN. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. OBGYN. Beautiful. See, we're learning already and is certified in culinary medicine by Tulane University School of Medicine. So much knowledge, so much knowledge. And one of the things that I know about Dr. Haver, and you're going to hear me call her Mary Claire because that's how I know her, is she really is a scientist at heart and gets to the heart of the matter and and researches. So she brings all of that here today. I put out a poll a couple of different times on questions that you wanted me to ask her, and we got a ton. We absolutely got a ton. So I'm going to just, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to bring Mary Claire in. Mary Claire, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So before we dive in, I have a very important question. So I think it's really important for people to hear this. Can you share a little bit about why you are so incredibly passionate about this topic and how you got here? So it really sadly was driven by my own menopause and the experiences of my patients. You know, I came from the world of traditional OB-GYN. I was doing surgeries, delivering babies, pap smears, mm-hmm. all of it, and doing some menopause care. And I was aging with my patients. When I first mm-hmm. got out in practice, I was having babies, they were having babies, you know, and then we all kind of got older together. And I was seeing the same complaints over and over again with no real explanation of, you know, weight gain, sleep disruption before the actual like menopause and aches and pains, mental health changes, you know, increasing risk of autoimmune disease, all these things. And so, you know, for me, what really kind of hit me hardest was vanity. Mm -hmm. When I went through, I had a very sudden and abrupt menopause because I had been on birth control pills to treat a condition that I had until I was about 49. And I came off to see where I was. And lo and behold, I was fully menopausal and like immediately was having these incredibly disruptive symptoms to the point where I didn't know if I was going to make it. I always thought I'd be that, that girl who toughed it out. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to get an epidural until I actually had labor pain was like, get that thing in my back as soon as possible. Yeah. And I just thought menopause would be the same way. My mother had done hormone therapy and I remember feeling like it was a crutch for her Mm -hmm. and, you know, having like been through my own experience and now walked hundreds of patients through it. And now, you know, followers left and right. When I started sharing my experience on social media with my weight gain, with menopause, it just opened the floodgates. And I just read all these stories. Remember probably 5% of my practice was menopausal patients. Women aren't Mm -hmm. seeking help from their physicians and they're stopped going to the OB-GYN when they're done having babies. So I wasn't seeing a large amount and we don't, we don't actually come out and talk about patients to -hmm. each other in Mm -hmm. the exam room and the doors are shut. So I don't know what's going on in the next room, unless you have a question or a problem, you're not going to discuss mood, you know? So listening to the thousand millions of comments on social media about these just horrific life experiences through the menopause transition, perimenopause, you know, and beyond, I was like, wait a minute, no one's talking about this. These women are devastated. There's so much going on. And that's what kind of drove me to, we, we can do this better. And I'm just one person, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to start talking about this and talking about solutions and doing my own. When I say research, I have to be clear. I am not sitting at a bench or I am not, you know, I'm not pulling patient charts. I am reading what other scientists are doing. And then my gift is always in just taking something complicated and breaking it down so the layperson can understand Mm -hmm. scientifically what what's going on. And I'm just going to educate. And that's what's driven this. And so 
the Galveston diet was just a nutrition program I came up with for my patients who were struggling, mm -hmm. struggling, struggling with unexplained weight gain in midlife. And that just all the research that went into it just blew my mind as far as how much I didn't understand about menopause, how much was out there that was not taught to me, not being shared regularly, not being required for my annual certification. Mm. You know, the lion's share of money for women's health is spent on reproduction. And not to say that getting pregnant, staying pregnant safely, having babies safely is not important. It is. And I will mm -hmm. never regret anything I learned. Yeah. But why does our value as people stop when our reproductive lives are done? You know, mm. when, when that option's no longer there, it's like, well, just getting older. When yeah. we can intervene and make huge differences in her quality of life and her lifespan and health span. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for sharing that because it's one of the reasons. And I, I actually remember when you were beta baiting the Galveston diet, I, I participated in it and it is a game changer for sure. And I just remember even back then that passion that you had and that there what just wasn't much for us and like, hello, we still have things to get done on this planet, right? Women. And so, and, and, and this is about taking the lead because I just remember thinking, okay, I mean, I guess I didn't even know what to ask until literally finally, and you really helped me with this, was having a bunch of joint pain, having, um, it, it was insane. It was the joint pain, the brain fogs like here one minute and then what did I come in this room for? Right. And just, I am not typically an irritable person, but like in a nanosecond could be like, right. And so I thought, <laughs> start asking questions. And one of the things that I thought was so important too, was something that you always say, keep going until you find someone who's going to listen to you. Right. And again, that's where we've got to take that lead and find someone. And I I found I did. I found someone. She listened and we did all the things. But I and, and we'll we'll move into that as we go. But I am so thankful that you are here and that you are taking that stand for women to be empowered to have those conversations, because, you know, if we're not doing it, who else is? And so. Mm -hmm. I am going to dive in to the many, many questions that we got. I went through them and um, hopefully they're not going to be redundant. You will tell me if they are because you are the expert. I was like, does this go under Perry? Does this go into Menno Post? Is it all of it? I don't know. Trying to sort them, but we're going to get into it. I'm going to tell you what my very favorite question was. This was my favorite question that got sent through. And it was this, what are the ways to prepare physically for the changes coming? And then I added on mentally and emotionally too, because I think it's the trifecta of all of it. But I love this question. What would you say? So, you know, it's all about habits that are sustainable and that you can, can that are going to promote health. And at one, educating yourself. So for the mental and emotional part, understanding what your body's about to go through or is going through, realizing you're not alone, mm -hmm. realizing that there are interventions that absolutely can make a difference. And we could talk about the menopause toolkit in a minute. It's huge. It's it's like, imagine going through puberty, like imagine Blue Lagoon. Brooke Shields did, did not know what was happening to her. Yes. And she was bleeding. She was growing things that were, didn't exist before her breast. And, you know, like no one, there was no one to guide her. She just yeah. had to figure it out. And that literally every woman is on her own blue lagoon with menopause because we're not talking about it, sharing mm -hmm. our experiences, realizing we're not alone. We're not crazy. I tell my kids, half of what I do is validation. Mm -hmm. It's just, yes, this can be related. Absolutely. We may have to do some blood work to figure out, make sure it's not hypothyroidism or autoimmune disease or something. But if those tests are all normal, it's menopause. So, and then, so educate yourself. So you understand process, understand what organ systems may or may not be affected. Understand that your journey is going to be unique to you as mm -hmm. unique as your DNA, as unique as your, you know, it, it's how it affects your body is going to be different than even your um, identical twin sister, you know, because oh. environment plays a big part of it too. And then physically developing habits. Now, there's so much gobbledygook out there about what's mm -hmm. the best workout for your cycle or for menopause and all this stuff. Look, number one, move your body, mm -hmm. move your body every day, move your body in a way that brings you joy. Now there's four kind of things you got to do. Okay. 
you must do cardio. You must. Okay. Now that can look like different things to different people. It could be a brisk walk. It could be running. It could be whatever, but something that is sustainable to keep your heart strong. And it also helps with stress and mental health as well. Number two, you got to do resistance training. Our bodies lose about 3% of our muscle mass a year if you do nothing. So you must eat enough protein and do resistance training to maintain the muscle you have. And that muscle is going to determine your insulin resist, your rates of insulin resistance, your functionality as you get older, you know, think about the body you want in 20 years. I promise you, you probably in 20 years, I'll be 74 years old. I am not thinking about what I'm going to look like in a bikini. I'm thinking about picking up a grandbaby or putting cans on a shelf or being able to, you know, take care of myself. So letting go of the cosmetic parts of why we move and thinking about how functional you want to be as you age and not fall and break, Mm -hmm. you know, you break that hip, you're dead in five years, 50% chance. Wow. So, and it's massively debilitating. It's hard to come back from it's surgery is required. You know, it's like, that's avoidable. That is a hundred percent avoidable. Unless mm-hmm. someone hits you with a hammer in the hip joint, you know, it's like, we're going to slip and fall as we get older. Yes. And so are you going to break or not? You, you're the habits you're putting into place right now are going to make or break that literally no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, starting those habits now and letting go of, we get so wrapped up in the cosmetic aspects of how we look mm-hmm. and, you know, with that old mindset of working out to be thin and like, that is not it guys. You've got to be moving that body to be strong. Don't ignore stretching. Our muscles are shortening as we age. They're shortening within activity. You're going to lose functionality. You've got to stretch and do not forget about balance. And yes. so incorporating whether it's Pilates or yoga or something where you're standing on one foot for X amount of time or, or, you know, things that you work on your balance, you know, because these are all things that deteriorate as we age. hundred percent. And I know this is true. the, the, The listeners will remember when this happened. I balance was out and I fell and shattered my elbow like that. I know how to fall. I do it. I do it. I do it. I'm pretty good at it. And it just, it's shocked me. I remember like, okay, we just did something to the elbow. And I was surprised. I think I was, I'm 56 now. I, that was, I was probably 54 when it happened. And I really was shocked. Like, how did I, how did I break this? It's because of everything you just said. What are the things we're putting in place? And Everything that you're talking about has been a catalyst to changing that trajectory. <laughs> my son said, mom, you, you've got to learn how to fall like a football player. I'm like, I, I got to learn how to balance and get strong and stretch and all of those things. So thank you. That was huge. So y'all heard that. This is really important. You are in charge. And I loved what Mary Claire said. Think about 20 years from now. You've heard me say this on the podcast. If you're accountable today for your life 20 years from now, What's your experience? What's the experience that you have? What are you having? You heard Mary Claire say, it's not about her being in a bikini. It's about picking up a grandchild and playing and having fun, things like that. We decide and it's never too late. It's never too late. You heard me say I was 54, shattered my elbow. We are, it's a whole different ball game now, whole different ball game. It's never too late. Thank you. Oh, that was so good. Okay, so I'm going to start going through some of these, and I'm sure you get asked them. And so I appreciate your patience just being here with me, but we got we got a lot. So the first one, and just because I said that first question was my favorite, y'all, it absolutely was. And these are all really great questions, too. So I'm not playing favorites. I just was like, oh, I love prepare. Love prepare. Okay, so Mary Claire, how do you know, how do we know if we're getting enough estradiol? like the needed Mm. dose. And this was whether people were perimeno or post, how do we know? So that's a great question. The studies, okay. So when estradiol was created in the, you know, to be given to women, it Mm -hmm. literally was created so that it would stop her hot flashes. Okay. One of the side effects they noticed was improved bone density and less risk of fracture. So that's a bonus. And another thing they noticed was she tended to have less genital urinary effects. So, and that, then that brought about vaginal estrogen being prescribed. So the studies that were done back then were really only for hot flashes, night sweats, you sleep. 
Okay. No one was talking really about mood disturbances or, you know, joint pain or, or brain fog or any of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cognitive decline. This, This is all new information. So no real study, like when I say study, I mean a randomized control trial versus placebo done on similar groups of women looking for these outcomes. The last study that did that was the Women's Health Initiative. Now there are some great observational studies out there, SWAN, the study of women's health across the nation and Mm -hmm. the nurses study. So they've gone and done some look back data on habits and there are lots and lots of women in these studies. So we're able to get some observational data. So how much estrogen is enough? The only thing we know is how much it takes for most women to stop a hot flash. That's it. Yeah. So how do, how much do you need for cardiovascular benefit? How much do you need to decrease your risk of, of Alzheimer's and dementia? We don't know. All we know is that women were on it in some form in the doses that are used to treat hot flashes. So mm-hmm. it depends if, you know, there's multiple strengths for oral, multiple strengths for transdermal. And as long as they were on something is how the studies were done on it or not. So we don't, no one has gone one step further and said, this dose takes care of this many women. So as physicians, we are tasked how much is enough. So we tend to dose it based on her symptoms, usually hot flashes. We give okay. her enough to stop her hot flashes. Yes. yes. So she can sleep and we assume the other benefits from that. Okay. Am I clear? Okay. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There are, there is no therapeutic range. So if I did a blood test and chest, checked your estradiol level, there is not a therapeutic range that has been established. Now okay. in the functional side of things, they are trying to do that. They, there's just not enough evidence for me who reads studies all day, every day mm-hmm. to say, all right, if I can get her between X and Y and I'm shooting for this level, it's going to justify doing all this extra blood work or urinary tests or whatever. So I basically treat her until she feels better. Okay. And the other problem is Kelly, if my level's 50, I'm making up numbers. If my level's 50 yeah. and your level's 50, you may feel like top of the world. I am good. My yeah. bones are strong, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm still suffering. Yeah. So is there something wrong with me? I just need more. So just therapeutic levels don't really mean much in the hormone, in the, in the sex hormone world. Okay. Uh, for women, we don't have established ranges. Okay. So I think what it's important to take away is be in communication with your doctor, right? Because I remember when I went on HRT and I'm, for me, it's the estradiol patch and then the progesterone pill. My friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, I feel like maybe that's what Oprah meant by the click. I, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. It was hilarious watching her talk to Maria Shriver. I don't know if you saw that Mary Claire, where they had that conversation. I think uh, that was behind a paywall and I just was too lazy to sign up. And pay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, what are they going to tell me? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. And I remember hearing Oprah, she kept saying, just get the click. I got the click. And then it was like, ah, and I literally made a mental note. I'm going to have to reach out to Mary Claire. She probably was on injectable something. Maybe. And you click, it's like Manjuro and all that. You click the amount and then you give yourself the injection. So I don't do injectables. That's well off the grid for me. I stick with the regulated, the regulated ones. And I love it too, because depending, we're all different. Like Mary Claire said, we are all different. And I remember my doctor said this way, we can control this together. We can control this with the patch and the pill, work it together. And so if something comes up, I just, I just get to message her and we talk about it and we make changes and then voila, we feel better again, which is amazing. Um, Okay. So this question might seem redundant at this particular point, but which HRT is appropriate for late <laughs> Perry? And they were talking about That's hot flashes. such a good yeah. question. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. No studies in perimenopause. It's barely even recognized as a time in a woman's life that okay. might need treatment. So we have no established diagnosis, way to diagnose perimenopause, problem number one, because mm-hmm. there's not a good blood test. And please don't let you get talked into doing these expensive urine and saliva tests. They're worthless. No, you diagnose perimenopause clinically. You talk to the patient, you believe her, you might have to rule out some other causes and then you treat. Okay. So Mm -hmm. how do we treat? So 
I've talked to, so the people who do what I do, there's not very many of us, okay? Mm -hmm. The Heather Hirsch's of the world and Sharon Malone's and Suzanne, oh, it's her last name. Anyway, you know, there's like a handful of docs that are in my back pocket that we talk all the time. I'm like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Because we, there's no protocol for this. Yep. And so, and they're writing protocols for their practices. And so we all kind of like, okay, an early perimenopause, if she's symptomatic, quite often a birth control pill is great, especially if she has heavy periods or acne or something that we, she would benefit from the medical. And, you know, I don't know about your social media, but all of a sudden hormonal contraception is being demonized. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the same medication that's in hormone therapy, which you guys are crying for, but you won't take, you know, and I think a lot of that's being driven by the very, very t- people who um, there's kind of two thoughts. One is they don't want to have any hormones in their body, whatever your body, your choice. I just, mm-hmm. my job is to educate you. Here's your options. And if mm-hmm. you don't want hormones, here's some other things that don't work very well, but you can try it. Yeah. And then the other is that that unfortunate set of the population that wants to control women's bodies and giving women bodily autonomy by not by her being able to choose when she gets pregnant, if she gets pregnant through contraception is counter counterintuitive to our counter counters their belief system. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to, and saying that it's an abortive fashion, which it's not. Okay. So for lots of women in early perimenopause, because of the suppression of ovulation and decreasing the amount that they bleed and all those things, it's a great option for them. It happened to me. I was using it for another medical reason and Mm -hmm. it masked and treated my perimenopause, most of it. And it wasn't until I got off there, I realized I was fully menopausal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Then there's doing estrogen and hormone, you know, progesterone therapy, same thing that's in a birth control pill, different chemical types. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I start those maybe later in perimenopause when I'm not worried so much about suppressing ovulation. I'm just trying to shore her up estrogen wise, because what's happening, because there's a massive feedback between the hypothalamus, the pituitary and the ovaries stimulating hormones, feedback cycles. And as our eggs deplete, that's what menopause is. We run out of eggs, which produced estrogen every month. There is no balance. There is no steady state. That is a marketing term. And women are being preyed upon by these very savvy marketing companies trying to tell you they're going to balance your hormones. Well, there's over a hundred hormones in the body. Which ones are you balancing with your magic pill? Sorry, I've gone off. No, Um, you're good. And so in later perimenopause, I will do the more traditional menopause hormone therapy dosing. But again, it's an art, not a science. And we need a lot more research in this area. So for most women, it's a little bit of trial and error till we figure out what's going to work for you. And what works for you for a year or two, we may need to keep making changes through your transition. Yeah, I love that you said that. Again, it just speaks to stay in communication and be willing and open to try on different things until you're feeling the way that you want to feel, right? And that it is a trial and error, which is actually true for a lot of things. So um, I love that you, I love that you said that. Here's one. If my doctor prescribed, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this correctly, lostrin or lostrin? Does that Low-estrin. sound familiar? Lowestrin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for Perry, and it didn't work, what are other options? So a couple of other options. Um, try a different brand, you know. Okay. So, uh, Loestrin has a specific estrogen, a specific progestin. It's usually the progestins that are vary between birth control pills. And so that one may not be agreeing with you. I mean, that's a very simplistic way of saying, okay. you know, you might need a little bit higher dose, maybe a little bit lower dose, or that you just need to try something completely different like Yasmin or Desigestrol, or, okay. you know, there's, there's, there's 50 something on the market. Wow. And so just a wow. little trial and error. Okay. Okay. Um, that's, that is excellent. I'm, I'm, y'all can't see Mary Claire and I, but we can see each other and she can see me looking over at the questions. Cause I want to make sure that we're answering them. Here's one that I thought was interesting. I'm in my mid 40 forties. I'm in my mid forties and torn between cycling progesterone versus daily with HRT. Mm-hmm. What are the pros and cons and any advice? And she's chosen to start daily. Okay. So cyclical progesterone means that you're going to take 
progesterone supplementation in the second half of your cycle and just let your ovaries keep ovulating. That is usually only an option and early perimenopause when you're still having monthly cycles or regular cycles, whatever that looks like for you, because you have to know when your luteal phase is. You're trying to give yourself extra estrogen in the luteal phase. That can be really helpful for anxiety, for Mm. sleep, and really, and sometimes really heavy for helpful for heavy periods. And then your ovaries still get to function normally and make the estrogen that they do each month. That's a great option for some people. The other option is to add in estrogen. When we do that in the form of a birth control pill, we're going to put the ovaries to sleep through suppression because we're, we're going to stop the feedback cycle. The, Mm -hmm. the hypothalamus and pituitary will sense that there's estrogen in the blood from the pills and say, huh, we don't need to spur the ovaries to pop out that egg each month. So if a woman is also needing contraception during this time, that's a great option. So thank you for that. This question comes up. So I just want to ask you uh, this right now. How long can you be on HRT? So say you're postmenopausal, how long can you go? So it depends on when you started. Okay. And for a woman who started within five years, five to 10 years of her last menstrual period. Okay. Okay. So soon, if you started, if you are healthy and you have not developed a contraindication, okay. we do not have compelling evidence to take you off. Okay. Got it. Now, where the problem is, is starting after the age of 60, a new mm-hmm. start. Okay. So there's there could be problems. Number one, if you have coronary artery disease... So you've gotten your calcium score on your heart and they've seen calcifications and plaques, probably not a good idea for you. We can make that worse. It's something to do with nitric oxide and how the blood vessels contract and whatever. I understood it when I read it and then it, it's very techy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, then also, if you are on the Alzheimer's and dementia spectrum, okay. you've already developed the plaques in your, in your brain for okay. Alzheimer's, for example, adding in estrogen at that point can harm you. So tread lightly because if you have pre-existing cardiovascular disease or Alzheimer's and dementia, you can actually make those diseases worse. So the decision at that point to go on is very individualistic and depending on her personal health and risk factors. And quite often I've had to tell a patient, you know, later in the game that we may have missed the the window of opportunity for you because estrogen is better at keeping a cell healthy mm-hmm. than stopping a disease process once it gets started. Okay. And okay. it's called the healthy cell hypothesis. So currently, um, American College of OBGYN is not recommending hormone therapy for prevention of cardiac disease or, or neurodegenerative disease, but they do acknowledge that the healthy cell hypothesis is pretty compelling and you have to mm-hmm. talk to your patients about it. Okay. Okay. So that's really important because we, I had a few questions come in um, that I'm not going to put on repeat, but some of you asked, you know, you, some, some people were so great. They're like, my mom missed out on the HRT or HRT train. She's now 75 with symptoms. Let's just say you can't go on HRT. Is there something that you can do? I've had some people ask questions about postmenopause too. Like, what do I do if I'm still having the hot flashes? So when we're looking at menopause symptoms, the band-aid that fixes almost everything is going mm-hmm. to be estrogen, yeah. right? Uh, plus or minus progesterone and testosterone is kind of in its own category. And we can talk about that in a minute, but if you can't take that, then you have to treat each symptom individually. And there's different things like the new book I'm writing is going to be a symptom guide and what you can do, what estrogen helps with, what it doesn't help with, and then other things that you can do. But when you're looking at like living your best life and your best health through the menopause transition and then into postmenopause, it's it's a toolkit mm-hmm. and you can't ignore nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, possible pharmacology in the form mm-hmm. of hormone therapy or not, supplements, exercise, yep. I mean, stress reduction and sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 and so everybody, I know you all heard that. Take a moment, pause and write what, what Dr. Haber just said down because- all of that comes into play. I literally, it's right here. Like the Galveston diet is right here. The book, I'm like constantly referring to it. I'm so excited you're writing another book. 
that like, what's the symptom? Here's where we go. So, so important. And since we mentioned testosterone, someone had a question. Testosterone protocols and medicine was literally what the what was said. And then Tabella, I'm not sure if I'm saying that oh, right. Tabellone, yeah. So um, testosterone, you know, our testosterone levels decline. And mm-hmm. people are spending fortunes to have their testosterone levels checked. And it's going to be low if you're menopausal. It's mm-hmm. made in the same factory as the ovary. So, you know, 50% of it, 50% is in the adrenals in women and 50% in the ovaries. And so we lose quite a bit of our testosterone and that can affect women in different ways. Uh, yeah. It can decrease your sexual feelings through your desire. It um, There's some su- evidence suggesting that, you know, brain fog has a testosterone mm-hmm. component. Definitely the sarcopenia that we're going through, the loss of muscle mass with age. Yeah. And so testosterone supplementation, definitely if I have a patient who is complaining of hypoactive sexual desire disorder, where we have ruled out other causes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's someone I would consider testosterone therapy. And if I have someone, because in my office, I can measure muscle mass with, oh. I have a scanner. And so if she's sarcopenic and that's so high risk for osteoporosis. We will consider a trial of testosterone as well as protein intake and resistance training. You can't just take the testosterone and expect a miracle. Right. So, um, protocols, this is where it gets scary. There are companies usually, and and there's no FDA approved option for testosterone for women. So we either have to dilute the men's version, which is really hard to do, or go through a compounding pharmacy. There's a lot of problems around compounding. It's, you know, and so there's no oversight. There's no regulation. They can put anything in it. You have to go to someone you trust. Okay. And so there are companies like BioT which are recommending the routine superphysiologic dosing of women, which there's no evidence to support that, you mm-hmm. know, so a woman's natural testosterone level, when you are your most sexual, so somewhere, I don't know, 25 to 45, you mm-hmm. know, before menopause, before menopause ever entered the chat, yes, your natural testosterone level was never going to be above 70 ever. Okay. That's a high level. Average is 45. That is okay. what, a you know, and you're wanting to have sex every night with your boyfriend. Okay. okay. So some companies in their manuals are recommending starting a woman to get her to a blood level of 150 to 200, maybe 300. So a norm men's levels run about 269 to about a thousand. Okay. So unless you're transitioning, which I fully support, but I am not the doctor for that for you. Mm -hmm. I have no training in that. Why would you want to have a testosterone level of 300? The higher it is, the more likely you are to suffer the side effects. Okay. And and, and you max out of the meta, of the libido benefit. So I'm like, w- you can do the pellets safely and they're very convenient that you go every three months. They're also very expensive. Yeah. But you, you don't want to over super physiologic dose and mm-hmm. they're making these grandiose claims with no evidence to back it up. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing published mm-hmm. that those levels are safe and efficacious for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they just took men's and just threw them in a woman and said, ah, it'll be cheaper. For- I-, I have no idea why they did it. I'm not going to pretend like I understand. Um, <laughs> That's so a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm trying to keep, so a man, in order for him to feel good, like when you talk to the urologists who are the experts in this area, mm-hmm. somewhere between 400 and a thousand, remember we are bio-individual. Some men feel great, feel great at 500, some need more. And they enter the levels between men vary greatly. There's not like this one level. Okay. So they somewhere between a 400 to a thousand women need 10% of that. So the people in my end of the world, okay, look, we should get her between 40 and a hundred, no more than a hundred, you know? And so seems to be a protocol that most people who want to do things using evidence and want to do things safely and not harm our patients in order to make money are shooting for those levels. Okay, great. This is really, really, really great to know because there is so much out there. There's so much um, marketing, if you will, on, you know, different things that I think also, and I don't know, I see it every day, all day, because I am absolutely paying attention to this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting back in back in the beginning when you were talking about you must have cardio. I remember watching, I literally watched for 30 minutes someone talk about you don't need cardio. Oh god. At, yeah, no, it was and I and you know what, Mary Claire, I was like, what? And I was like, you know, really almost sucked in. 
you all, I know we need cardio. And I was sucked in. Go okay. Ahead. So we've created this perfect storm and I blame mm-hmm. the medical profession. We've created this culture around the dismissal of women, their symptoms and the complete, you know, almost completely ignoring menopause. And there's multiple mm-hmm. reasons for this. So, you know, I'm going to get into that in my new book. So here we have this very vulnerable population mm-hmm. who are desperate. Yep. And the intersection of that with savvy marketing, predators, and junk science, it's like unbelievable. Like yes. you, I've had movie stars reach out to me. I've yes. had people who have access to the best, so much money. So, you know, and you would think have better access to good information in healthcare are you know, sending me DMs on social media, like, oh my goodness, I fell for this scam. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought this vitamin, I bought whatever, I signed up for this program, I watched this video, and it's like, this intersection of, you know, desperate women who just want someone to listen to them and help them, you know, predators and junk science is really just created this whole industry. Really quick, just remember what Dr. Haber just said, is that there is so much out there. And again, I was, I was sucked in for almost 30 minutes and there was something in my gut that went, "Mm -mm, I don't know about this. So trust, trust that, trust your gut. So I am going to, um, I'm going to kind of put, there's two more things I'd love for us to talk, actually three. Lots of questions came in about HRT with water retention, weight gain. I know for myself, the first three months I was on it, I definitely had some bloating and a little bit more of that. That's one area. The other area, sleep, sleep, sleep. I know I'm just, I threw that question in because That's the biggest area that I still have is being able to sleep through the night and then supplements, a lot of questions on supplements and specific ones if you recommended. So if you want to, I'm going to just be quiet. If you want to just take on any or all of those, we'll see where we can go. Well, it's part of the art and the science is not everybody's going to react the same way to different Mm -hmm. hormone formulations. And you just have to keep trying different options until you find one that's going to work for your patient. So patience and trial and error and, you know, just kind of understanding that this is a process. Okay. Um, Number two, sleep. You know, there's a lot of things that affect our sleep. Absolutely. Menopause can do it, you know, but don't ignore sleep hygiene, setting boundaries in your bedroom, temperatures, turning off the phone. Yes. You know, Um, which I'm terrible at. I'm trying (laughs) to get better. Um, So, you know, and, and I'm actually doing a, uh, sleep medicine, uh, podcast or a webinar mm-hmm. for my followers, uh, with a PhD sleep specialist. And we're going to go there, you know, deep dive. So, um, and then, um, what was the third one? So the third one, there were a lot of questions on different oh, supplements. supplements. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's a great and- one. So uh, let me, let me preface this with, yeah. you cannot supplement your way out of poor nutritional choices. Absolutely. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You must sub- supplements are meant to supplement a healthy diet, filling in gaps or, or in some small cases, providing extra benefit. Mm-hmm. So for example, vitamin C, everybody takes it for a cold. Certainly if you're vitamin C deficient, it's going to affect your immune system, make you more susceptible to colds. Taking megadoses of vitamin C does not give you superpowers to fight off infection. So people get under that, you know, oh, well, if a deficiency, if it correcting deficiency will restore my immune system, then taking lots will make me, no, that's not, that's not how supplements work. Right. So there are things, even with good nutrition, our lifestyles make us likely to be deficient. Number one is vitamin D. 85% of my patients are deficient in vitamin D and there's multiple reasons. So that is one supplement that I recommend taking across the board. It is hard to get it in your diet Mm -hmm. unless you're eating a slab of salmon every day (laughs) um, or tuna or whatever, you know, um, it's, it's people of color. It's much harder because they're not absorbing as much because Mm -hmm. of their melanin content. So, you know, lots and lots of reasons. So I'm constantly writing prescriptions for vitamin D and recommending daily supplementation. So get your D levels checked. Okay. Number two, and that hormone, it's a hormone, vitamin D is a hormone, is involved in multiple processes in our body. Everything from weight gain to hair loss to cardiovascular health to mental health, it's huge. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're defi- we got to start there, D. Okay. Number two, fiber. 
most in the way most Americans eat, we're only getting maybe half of the fiber that we need per day to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And fiber is so important. It feeds our gut microbiome. It decreases the rate of absorption of glucose into the bloodstream, therefore lowering your insulin levels. It slows down, you know, keeps you full longer. It, you know, makes the transit of, it holds onto water so that you have, you know, kind of cleaning out of your colon or, you know, pooping more regularly. Yep. So all of that is important. So quite often, if you're not able to get 25 grams of fiber in your diet per day, or you make 25 and you want to shoot 35, a supplement can be helpful. Okay. Turmeric, there's no deficiency of turmeric. It is not an essential need in our body, but turmeric supplementation, it's a pretty, it's a, it's, it's a phytochemical and it's a pretty powerful antioxidant and has some anti-inflammatory properties. So there's some pretty exciting data on turmeric that, um, has anti-cancer benefits, you know, gut, especially in the gut. Um, it has anti-inflammatory benefits. So women found it was a little bit, it was helpful for menopausal joint and arthritic pain. Um, and also helpful women who use turmeric regularly had lower belly fat as well. Okay. So that is Ooh. another one I often recommend okay. these things for sleep. There's great research around magnesium, especially magnesium L-theranate. Again, if we're deficient in mag, so mag, a lot of the electrolytes in our bodies, magnesium, potassium, minute to minute, you're fluctuating Mm because the kidneys are constantly, you're peeing, you're reabsorbing, you're doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And um, the fat soluble vitamins, AKA D and E, you can get a blood level. And that's kind of a look back over the last several weeks of where you live because it's stored in the fat. Okay. The sex hormones and electrolytes are not stored in fat. Okay. Okay. And so they're constantly available in the bloodstream. And like, if I'm deficient today, I might be fine tomorrow. Okay. And so, but most people are not getting enough magnesium in their diets. Mm -hmm. That's one. And that's an easy supplement and hard to like OD on. Okay. And so, and it can, and the magnesium alpharinate can be really helpful for sleep. I, so I created a few supplements for my, started for my patients and my followers. Mm -hmm. And so one is fiber, duh. One is turmeric, duh. Third is a vitamin D plus K plus omega-3 fatty acid combination. And then the fourth is uh, collagen. So the collagen studies are showing pretty, there's different kinds of collagen. So you have to kind of be careful, but pretty promising for osteoporosis prevention, helping to keep those collagen matrix in your bones strong. And then for um, skin, you know, for uh, wrinkles and cellulite. So I started collagen for vanity reasons, and then I stayed on it for the health benefits. Yes, yes. But isn't that, I mean, we do that. We do that. And it's a, it's a nice source of protein in my mm-hmm. diet. So. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% use everything that you just heard Dr. Haber say, and I do get them from her because like you heard me say in the beginning, I trust her. I absolutely trust her and I'm going to listen to her and I'm not going to pass go (laughs) without checking first. So, and they have all been again, game changers. I think you were on an Instagram live. You, you, everyone follow Dr. Mary Claire Haber immediately, if not sooner, because she is so generous with her time and, and she'll, she'll do lives and you can come on and she will a- ask, answer questions in like right there. You've answered some of mine right there during the lives. Game changer. There is no reason to suffer. There's no reason to not get into the driver's seat of your life. No reason. Right. And like she said in the beginning, think about where are you 20 years from now? Okay, there are resources. There are people like Dr. Haver who really care and follow her. And, and you're gonna see, you're gonna see who also is in her, you know, circle that are having these important conversations that that can also go beyond. I I listen to Dr. Kelly Casperson now because mm-hmm. of all the conversations you've had, and then also Dr. Vonda Wright. Same, right? Just with all of all of it. So what I want to share with you all is please connect. And I'm going to ask Dr. Haber in just a minute how you can work with her. But I promise you, she is a game changer in this conversation and in this journey. You get to be healthy. And she is someone who is highly, highly committed to that. Get her book, The Galveston Diet. I will plug all day, every day. It is like, it is, it is the thing that's with me all the time. 
And I also am part of the Galveston diet program. I mean, she has, there's, uh, and it's so, and you know, the other thing I love is Dr. Mary Claire Haver absolutely makes things affordable, right? Like she is not a gimmick <laughs> at all in any way, shape or form. I've, I call her a blessing in my life because she has been a game changer for me and so many of my friends and people out there. So Dr. Haver, how can people work with you? So I do have a clinic and, uh, but we don't have an opening till 2024. See, (laughs) you see, um, get on on the radar online. We have our online resources through our website, through our, the Galveston diet online. The book is available. Mm -hmm. I'm on Dr. Mary Claire on, on TikTok and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of education videos, coaching just to the masses and, we have our supplements if you guys want to go check them out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a labor of love and stay tuned for the new book coming out next year. I am so excited. I, in fact, I am declaring that I will be at a book signing when you're speaking. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, I missed it when you were here in LA. Um, I had had knee replacement, so I couldn't, I couldn't get out. But the next time around, I'm going to be there for sure. Awesome. I cannot thank you enough for being here. And I know like there were so many questions. And for all of you, if I didn't get to your question, go follow Dr. Mary Claire Haver and connect because you'll get the answer. I bet you sooner than later, set your intention and that answer will appear. Dr. Haver, Mary Claire, my friend, I am so grateful that you came on today and we had, uh, we're giggling a little bit because the internet kept freezing us, but we 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 did this. We got it done. And I know everyone out there is getting so much value from this conversation. So thank you from my heart to yours. I so appreciate you. Yes. You're welcome. I so appreciate you. She is doing such good work. Y'all, I mean, I feel like that even puts it lightly. It is game-changing work Dr. Haver's doing, and I am so grateful. So grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, and thank you. I can't wait for the new book. Okay, you all remember you have a choice to lead your life or follow your circumstances, and life is about getting into the driver's seat, creating that impact that you want in your life, the impact you want 20 years from now, like you heard Dr. Haver say, and then creating an impact with others. So who emerges from that? We're authentic, we're vulnerable, we're courageous, we're having those conversations. It is not always gonna look the way you think it's gonna look. It never does, but more always gets revealed. So pause, let go of worry, let go of doubt, and live fully the best version of you. Thank you for listening today. I absolutely know there was great value for you. And um, you know the drill. Have a great week ahead. And if it's not shaping up the way you want it to, take the lead and create a fantastic one. We'll talk with you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Be Honest Before We Start Pretending. For more resources on taking the lead in your life, head over to kellyjmobeck.com and connect with me on Instagram at Coach Kelly Mobeck. If this episode was helpful for you, please feel free to share it with friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and at any time, feel free to connect with me and let me know what you wanna hear next or what you're working on. I'm happy to help. Thanks again for listening, and here's to you taking the lead in your life.